Hello and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jamar. Today's episode 132. We have Vince M. on the line with us, and we're going to be discussing, I guess, prescription medication would be the best words to talk about what we're going to be discussing today. First of all, how are you, Vince? I'm doing fine, Jim. Thank you. And you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to do this. Um, yeah, we just had a little chat before for the TikTok video, and then we said, to hell with it, let's do a longer podcast. So I'll throw the ball in your court. Okay. Where do you want to start off? At what point do you think should we start off here? Well, I think uh, part of we're talking about some things and I relayed that when I got clean all those years back, um, people that were using um, medication were ostracized by a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I guess on my uh, groups that I go into and sites. And I still see that sometimes that theme still carries over. And um, I've got to admit, I didn't understand about medication. Um, so about 10 years, I got some information. I got some more schooling. And it, it started to change my mind that, you know, something's necessary, it's necessary. The thing that uh, when I started working in the field. So you were originally anti-medication? Well, I didn't understand because to me, when I got clean back in 1988, so let's, let's just throw that out there. It was about, you know, if you're not totally clean, you're loaded. And that'd be like saying you can't take your heart medication. Now, they were talking about anything that was mood or mind altering. And, you know, heart medication doesn't fit into that category. But th there was so dogma in their terminology and their stances that it, I saw it drive a lot of people from the rooms. Didn't give them an opportunity because they always felt less than. Um, so my thinking, and that only came around through education. And so, but when I see it on the sites today, you know, with the younger generation still buying into some of this, medication is necessary for some people. And long as it's used, prescribed, and not abused, uh, there is nothing wrong with it. I, I, I was just here to talk about this because I don't want you to feel bad. I don't want you to have to listen to somebody that, frankly, doesn't know what they're talking about. So it's up to you to understand what you need and be honest because it's all about you. It's not about the other person in the group. It's not about, you know, you have to decide, do I need this medication and do I use it as prescribed? So when I'm abusing it or thinking about abusing it, there again, the recovery side has to come in to, you know, what am I, what's going on with me that I need to get away, distance myself from the emotions that I'm feeling? Because that's what recovery is going to be about for you. Running away from feelings, learning to mind, you know, some mind altering substance, people place their things, that's how we get them. So that escape. So I need to find the ability to tell on myself, but I don't want you on this journey to ever think about you need to stop your medications because some people don't approve of it and think it's wrong. That that was my evidence about talking about this set. I just don't like that because I, I look back and thought, you know, what harm did I cause to somebody from my yeah. in my ignorance? I found that a lot of the, like you were saying, a lot of the old timers, oh, if, if you're taking anything, you're not clean. But, you know, I'm going to throw it out there right now. For me, I take a bunch of medications. I take, I want to say four or five different medications because I am bipolar. 
I have OCD, I have ADHD, and I have clinical depression, which kind of mixes in there every now and then. So I take something for each and every one of those. But I stopped taking narcotics. I was also prescribed Klonopin before mm -hmm. I was sober. And believe it or not, I never really abused that. I would actually, sometimes I would save up a few. I wouldn't take what I needed during the week. And then I'd have extra to play around with on the weekend, so to speak, and get go. high, snort them up with my Adderall. But uh, yeah, I mean, I take these medications as prescribed by a doctor. I no longer take narcotics. But if you were to talk to a lot of guys in NA and AA, they tell me I'm not sober. And my number one thing I would say to any of them is, where's your medical degree? Yeah, where'd you go to school? Yeah. Which school did you go to? Where do you practice? What's your specialty? And then you mm -hmm. can tell me about my choices as far as having to take medication. My life is better with it. End of story, period, dot, the end. Nobody knows what it's like unless you have it. Nobody knows what it feels like to be bipolar and have OCD and have ADHD. They don't know what that feels like and how out of control your life could start to spiral simply because you're not taking care of that specific thing. You know, some people, they just need the medication. There's no, you can't go around it. And if it improves the quality of your life, you start going to work. You, still, you know, you don't call out anymore. You're doing everything right. You're going to school, whatever it is. Who the hell is anybody in an, a, a group room like AA or NA to tell you you shouldn't be taking that. Like I said, I mean, these guys talk like they're doctors, like they know everything. Yeah. And it also stems even to that to family members. I've had it where family members didn't, you know, and, and what it came down to is they didn't want to be reminded that, that there were the other issues that you had. They thought it was all about just your drinking or using that. That's going to clear up everything. Well, that's not the reality because a lot of times, we self-medicate in whatever arena we can. You know, if I'm not taking medication, I'm going to get drunk because it's going to change things. It's going to move, you know, just change the perception. And that's all we're actually looking for is to change the mindset that we're in because it's not fulfilling to us. But there again, if someone needs medication, you take your medication and then you work your recovery. So you not only maintain your regimen of correct medication, but you also learn about that stuff about what recovery is all about, you know, that freedom from self. Cause if I, if I take my medication, but I'm still trapped in here, you know, I, friends of mine, you know, they stopped taking their medication because they didn't like the, the contradiction they got, you know, okay. My head's clear. I'm doing these other things, but I really hate myself inside. So there's that fine line. Just don't think medication is going to solve the whole problem. Oh yeah, and absolutely not. It's a, it's a combination. You have to, I mean, I, my first suggestion to everybody is get a therapist, get a licensed counselor, get someone to speak with, because that goes great along with uh, medication. Medication along with CBT, cognitive behavioral mm -hmm. therapy is priceless in my mind. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You do a, everyone some good. You need to just get out of the rooms where everybody thinks they're a doctor because they've been around forever and heard everything or somebody else's taking this medication, you know, they may have this one diagnosis that you do, but there again, the reactions to medication is different for everybody. We're all different. We're all unique and special. That that's the beauty of it. But, but I need to get square. It's like, if you, 
if you're a heart patient, you take your heart medication. I mean, it's just like if you're bipolar, you take your bipolar medication. It's common. So why, why is there a stigma attached to it? No one's talking to a diabetic. Well, you got a needle. You're checking your blood sugar. Wow, you're probably going to wind up using tomorrow. I don't know where these people get this stuff. I, I it's, it's, it just. Yeah, I wonder where. <clears throat> I wonder where the stigma actually came from because it has no basis in reasoning. It's, it's not like, rooted in reason. It's not. Yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, it's. I can't. I I can't explain why somebody would care so much that a doctor is giving you medication. When you just talk about, you just put it in simple terms like that. What do you care if the doctor's giving me something? Yeah, if it makes my life better, you know. I, don't, I mean, I so don't if, if, I, if I get an infection, I shouldn't get the antibiotics I need? Well, They're not no. mind-altering, but I mean, let's, let's, let's just say well, it's the same difference. You need same, those medications. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it may, in, in someone else's mind that's in an old school recovery, you know, old timer thinking, you know, he may not see it that way, but some stuff you need, you know? Well, it's just gonna not only take it out of the rooms, but just in society in general. A lot of people don't believe in therapy, you know? Oh, yeah, a ton of people. You know, so it's not just about medications we're talking about here, it's about finding those people with those beliefs that are going to be detrimental to you you need to alleviate yourself from them get how do you think you people. find those people oh i just buy their if, if if i'm doing great in that they go, oh you can stop doing those meetings now or god you've been really good here you can stop taking that medication because i don't want to tell my you know family friends that my kids on medication i've had i've had people in the hospital where I work, they come in, you know, their family's embarrassed by them. And I said, with medication, that's going to be alleviated, you know, provided. But I said, the substance abuse is the component I'm working on here because they get maintained, they get their balance going with the medication. But if they don't address their substance issues, it's just going to flood back into it. Because I don't know about you, and I'd like to hear this from me. How did... Uh, were you taking medication while you're using? Yes. For the most I, part, yeah. There was a two-year period where I stopped taking my meds and that did not go well. But yeah. yeah, so that was one of the things that was crazy about me is I was always taking antipsychotic medication, maybe not as much, maybe only like two or three. Mm -hmm. And but I would still take a lot, like a high dose, and I would still be drinking at night. I'd be snorting Adderall, I'd be snorting Klonopin on top of all those drugs. Yeah, I'm lucky to be here. The stuff, to, yeah, my right. buddy once said, kidding around, he goes, if somebody right now gave you a blood test to see everything in your system, he goes, they would be amazed. Yeah. But there was yeah. nights I would also take Valium. I'd also take an Oxycontin, you know, all types of stuff. So you were a smorgasbord. You were getting it all, yeah. I was an equal opportunity offender. <laughs> yeah, we can laugh about it now, but, oh, just the... Uh... The pain and misery, not only to cause ourselves, but our family members worrying about us. But I just wanted to get here and, and talk about I was wrong and I learned hopefully those around you that are detrimental to your recovery efforts in all areas of your life, you're able to find some balance in them. M mainly it's just that they're afraid, they're fearful, and some are ashamed. 
other others just don't know they're uneducated so that 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 you know that that triangle that that I can fall in unfortunately those that, that need this medication take the brunt of um the crap that comes from them i just hear that and jim is just you know do what you need to do for you in the long run it's gonna, in the wash it's going to come out and you're going to be better for it you're going to be given an opportunity but don't let somebody get you to stop medication or your recovery treatment just because they're uncomfortable it's not fitting into their agenda here it's about take care of you love you and everybody else you know, I love you too, but if you're not going to be on my side, I don't need you on my team. You're not on my team. I need people that are going to support me. Tell me the truth, which we don't like, but be there supporting you. So, so did you ever run into negative family members, Jim? Negative family members? Not really. I do have a sister that I know deep down inside. She doesn't believe in addiction as a disease. She thinks it's just the like I'm just drink. I drank because I wanted to, and I could have controlled it. Um, you're you know, weak. You just can't handle. It. Yeah. I mean, she's not. She's not mean like that. She's just ignorant. I, I I try to explain to her, but she's just ignorant about it, and that's all there is to it. And I can't really. I can't do anything about that. Yeah. No. Just maybe time and circumstances. She'll figure it out. Never a know. Times, a lot of times they don't. You know. A lot of times family members don't want to or, or they're just not willing you know a lot of them um you know you're going to get into recovery and you're going to find that you're able to address a lot more things and and dysfunction and, and talk about it openly and that's the beauty of it that's that's the point of having your medications that that you have a stable existence that you could build upon yep you know if, I, if i'm always you know vacillating and you know, episodic here and there, going around, and uh, that's not anything you're going to be able to build upon. But Jim's a perfect example. Um, someone who's built somebody that I'm I'm proud to know. And, Thank you. Uh, yeah, well, it's true. I and now that you're telling me more and more, I'm even more proud in, of you. You're just gonna do so many people so so much help. Because there's still so many people out there that want to do us harm, that we we're just no good, we're we're evil, we're all those things that quote the normies believe in us. But there again, they're getting more and more educated. Unfortunately, it's more and more of their peers. But you know, people's first reaction into this the world of people like us is that it's it's negative. I you know I don't know if anybody goes, God, I want my son and daughter to be an addict. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's not, that's, not happening. Well, maybe later on, my folks would never say I'm in recovery, but they're proud of me because they're again acknowledging that what I've become, you know, the words out of their mouth was not our fault. You know, it wasn't their fault. And I, I, I never said it was, you know, and as I learned more and more, I can understand their resistance and their stuff and I'm sorry that I put them through all that but I needed to take care of Vince and as I took care of Vince I became a better person not only to me but to all those around me and so I think that's why Jim and I discussed it that's why we're here to help other people that you maybe don't have to go on the treacherous journey that we've traveled that maybe we can curtail a little little 
or give you an off-ramp to where you can take a breath and, and look at the beauty in the world around us. That's what it's about. It's not about escaping our emotions anymore. It's about looking at them and acknowledge them and moving forward. God, we're wonderful people. We really are. We're wonderful, giving people. But we have to get that under control, that emotional highs and lows that we have. And that has nothing to do with the mental thing of it. There again, it's about me just starting to learn to like me and love me for who I am and who I'm becoming. I'm proud of. I'm sometimes proud of. to get to that place, we need medication sometimes. Oh, yeah. And if you need it, you take it. You deal with whatever you need to do for your health issues. You know, I check my blood sugars all the time. I got diabetes. So if I don't check my diabetes, I die. If you don't use your medication that's prescribed and, and need it, you're going to do something that's episodic and detrimental to yourself, potentially. Yep. So you take that and then you can move on. Just like I do my blood sugars, I watch what I eat, and I do what's required. It's that simple, but it, it just gets so hard when we're trapped in our own selves. So don't let anybody in the room, if you're going to meetings or you know that you meet on the bus stop, don't let them tell you that you need to get off your medications because that's wrong. You're not clean. You're still using. That's why I'm here right now. Tell you that. Don't let anybody lie to you because that's what it is. Jim. Yeah, no, that's all great stuff. I mean, you know, there's something else we're going to talk about in a little bit. But before I get to what I want to discuss next, I think, like Vince said, it's about getting the wrong people out of your life because for some reason the wrong people have a negative opinion of what you're doing or what you have done. And they're going to look at you like you have eight heads because you take, you know, maybe an antidepressant or something for, you know, ADHD. But keep in mind, a lot of the times I, I the one thing I can understand is if the person's taking a narcotic, that's a, that's a slippery slope. That's, I don't know what I would say on that completely, because I guess if that person needs it, it comes down to like we were just saying, who are we to say other than a doctor? So I think even that person might still be considered sober if he's legitimately taking it as prescribed by a doctor. It helps improve the quality of his or her life. And so, yeah, I mean, like I said, originally I was like, hmm. But maybe I would be okay with it. Like for me, for whatever reason, I'm not going to do that. It, it would have to be a very severe situation for me to. Well, if you broke your back, you would. I mean, I've worked with a lot of patients who are taking the narcotic as the non-narcotic medication didn't work. Of course, they've tried everything. You know, acupuncture. You know, all, all the things. You you have to exhaust everything else other than the narcotic because of who we are. Versus mm -hmm. we're opening that door. But if you have to have a narcotic, I always say, first thing you do is get it out of your control. I do not have actual possession of it. I have to have somebody around who will give it to me as prescribed. And they have to be able to do it on time. Because if they don't, I'm going to work in my head and start thinking. There again, we talked a little early about, you know, this prelapse. And um, I'm going to start looking, well, you know what? They were 20 minutes late. I'm going to keep one aside, try to get a hold of one because we're looking, we're looking for an excuse. So there again, if I don't need it, I tell on myself, and that's the biggest thing. We have to learn to tell on ourselves. And that's not good because if I have a medication and it makes me feel good, 
and I don't have to live in reality, why would I want to come out of that and face all the normal life stuff? Yep. Well, the only way you're going to get that is you find the inside stuff. You fill up that hole. But back to the medication, get it out of my control, take it as prescribed. And if I don't need it, I tell my doctor, I, I can't lie anymore about that. And I don't get it elsewhere. I don't do anything else. So I'm okay with somebody having to take a narcotic, even though I know the, the dangers of it. But if you've tried everything, non-narcotic and, you know, whatever, and it doesn't work, I wouldn't want to be in pain all the time. But there again, you have to do all the things because if you look in, you know, a lot of people I've, I've worked with just, you know, yeah, I've got a shoulder rotator and, you know, give, give me 100 oxy. No, I don't think... You know, you have to be honest, and obviously they aren't honest with it, but you have to be honest. But if you're there, I'm okay with somebody having to take something other than what I would want to take ever. But there again, if I was in such pain, I, I don't want to put myself. But they're the one that's going to pay the price. You're the one that's going to pay the price by lying. Not me, not Jim, but on the other side, we try to get people to the point where you don't have to lie. You can tell on yourself, even though... You want this in your head. You're going, I know where it's going to lead me. It's never going to be about one. When has it ever been about one? It hasn't been that way, if ever, at the start. Those days are gone and you don't get to go back. I don't care how much time. I've been clean coming up on 34 years. It's not about one. It's never going to be about one. So I don't even start because I know what the result's going to be. And I care enough about myself to not even play in the game. Why play a game you can't win? I'm not stupid. Addiction is not having me believe Vince does not live, deserve a good life. The lie's dead. Addiction doesn't work for me. It means death. Using for me means death. So there again, you deserve so much more. Just don't let addiction or people lie to you. Take care of you. Be honest. Like Jim, honest with what's going on, whether you like him or not. He's going to take care of Jim to move forward. Yeah. That's simple, people. So, Jim, what else you want to talk about? So, I think the next thing that we should talk about that's prescription based and that's really people are going to be on one side of the fence or the other with this, maybe some in the middle. It could be controversial. But let's talk about methadone and suboxone because those are prescribed as well, correct? They are. So, yes, they are. And, uh, so those are another big thing that is in the addiction community that people are split on. Well, I got the hospital I worked at was a test site for Suboxone. So um, were there clinical trials going on there? Basically, we were the first ones where the doctors are getting um, DEA certified in schooling so they can prescribe it. Of course, you got to remember these doctors worked in the addiction field, but they weren't addicts. So they didn't understand the, they knew manipulation and you know, outright and all that, but they really didn't understand. And I hate to say this, but it was more about money because the sooner they signed up, they got the right scripts and, and made a lot of money. It was expensive. So the people that I worked with is bottom line, it does a lot of people, a lot of good, and it's better than the alternative. But there again, I have to look to taper down. 
it's about tapering down to nothing. You know, I'll be on my sites and yeah, I've been on Suboxone for five years and, you know, I'm doing, you know, 50 milligrams now and tapering down to 10 and, and this stuff. The people that I know, those that are in need of it at the time, telling me they were still getting high, even though it wasn't a heroin high. It wasn't, it wasn't that. It wasn't what they got, but it was still causing chaos in their life. And that's what I'm talking about. Anything you, you're doing or putting in your body that's causing ultimate chaos, that's what we need to address. So I'm, I'm for it, uh, but there again, limited time. It's necessary. Um, you know, just like um, everybody should have some Narcan in their house or who knows falls out on the street. You know, it can help somebody. I mean, it's a deadly world out there for those that, you know, are young and are using. It's, um, it's not a fun time. You no, know, the game is different. Game is different for you guys. So it's, um, yeah, Suboxone, Methadone. I, I'm not a big component of the methadone because I've seen that. But if you need it and it works for you, but the, but the result has to be I taper down. This isn't, you know, I, I worked at a place that, you know, people come in five in the morning, get the methadone before they go to work. What kind of negative things did you see with the methadone? That that's, uh, we got to remember, the information I was getting back is they still get a buzz. They still get Do they a really? Buzz. Oh, yeah. That's the ones that I, that I worked with. They said, yeah, it's not the same as using, but I still get, it'd be like, I get a buzz when I get a head cold. All right. You know, my head's just kind of floaty, you know, cloudy, cloudy with snot in it. And then mm -hmm. you kind of, that, that's kind of uh, the drug thing. It's just, you know, you're not in reality. You're kind of just in a cloud. So they would say that, but it still allowed them to function, go that, pay their money. But they were looking, they, of course, they're mandated to do treatment, but their treatment was uh, you go in and so how are you doing? Do you do any meetings? No. Okay, that, that satisfies the state's criteria. Next week, see ya. You know, it was never about looking to get off. And it's expensive. Uh, God, I need to have to be paying, you know. So, but no, I'm, if it's needed, you use it, but then you look to taper down and get off of it. And at the same time, doing recovery, because you can't just get off and then think recovery. You need to be building building upon. Like I, I worked in the prisons. My guys, you know, had three to five year plans working recovery. So when they hit the gate, it wasn't about, I'm back in my same old neighborhood and there's Charlie and they're trying to get me high. And, you know, you have to find out. So you have to find out, bottom line is, find out who you are and, and the love for yourself. But it's answer your question, Jim. I, I'm okay with it, but it has to be towards tapering off. Yeah, a lot of people find that really controversial. I guess it's because, um, like you said, maybe some people get a little bit of a buzz. Because I do know of a girl that was abusing Suboxone. Like, she, yeah. she didn't take any other, like, she would take, like, crystal meth and heroin, and then she would also snort Suboxone. Huh, wow. And supposedly she got a buzz off of it. And other people said that it's true. That could happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah she's. Um, That's what they tell me. I don't firsthand no knowledge and I don't want any knowledge. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, 
But yeah, I don't know. That's that's a tricky one to think about when also you know people are getting a buzz. Because I don't get a buzz off of anything I take. But then again, I'm not taking anything to come off opioids, which is a horrific thing to come off of. Yeah, that's, that's just especially yeah, heroin. It's not, gonna kill, no. it's not gonna kill you though. What's not? You're coming down off of heroin. You can kick in your bedroom. Oh yeah, no, I know. Yeah, it's not like benzos or alcohol will kill you coming off. Oh, you know, exactly. I didn't know that when I got when I got to rehab. I was like, oh, thank God, I'm not like you guys because everyone was on opioids, and they're like, dude, you're the only one that's at risk of dying right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get it. That's why the nurse was coming every two or three hours and just like, hello. Yes. Left the room. You're, you're breathing. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there on patients, but yeah, I when I found that out, you know, benzos for the little people, old school drugs, and. Uh, you know, alcohol and going to alcohol, but yeah, they die more than that. Heroin addicts just gonna throw up and crap on themselves. You know, shitty mess. Yeah, so it's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting the stuff we put ourselves through to escape ourselves. When the answer is, I find out who I am, what I'm about, and love for myself. I don't have to subject myself or my family or my loved ones. To all the garbage that comes with it. That that that's the beauty. That's my amends back to my family and loved ones. That you don't have to worry about me anymore. You don't have to be calling around. My folks are calling around the hospitals and the morgues trying to find out where I was on a five day run. You know they don't. I didn't have to subject them to that. You know. So that that's a relief and. Um, Bottom line is take care of you. Give give your loved ones a peace of mind. You know. Let me ask you this. Do you think if you ever had an opioid problem, do you think you would ever take methadone or suboxone? Um, knowing what I know, no. Um, no, I wouldn't because I, I know the, the detox is, is short and simple. And I know it's about recovery. It isn't about staying on methadone and tapering down. And who's, I'm not going to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go get my, you know. You're too lazy to do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, no. Knowing what I know and what we just, I just told you and Jim told, coming down off of the open isn't going to kill you. It's about, it's about recovery. So no, I would not get on the maintenance myself personally. And I think that was part of the, once I found out that, you know, it's not about killing. And then, you know, my patients were saying, yeah, I get high off that stuff. Not like I used to, but I get a buzz. And I'm thinking, you know, in my mind, the majority of them, and the way doctors are handing out scripts for it, you know, it's a new thing, you know, just like, you know, Butyrol or something that you know, not drinking. Well, you're only not drinking because you're going to get sick. It's not like you got recovery. Recovery is, is so you don't have to take anything, mood or mind altering, and there again, within the narcotics range of drugs. I mean, you know, I, I get okay. I get a rush and a high off of food. If I go have this pizza at this place, I get a rush off the sugar. I mean, it's just yep. like just like I did a fat line, you know, just like it. So there's always something that's going to 
affect me because we gravitate towards things that we like. And even though I may like something, means maybe I can't do that. Can't do that particular event or, or do that thing. Or, you know, I've had clients that, you know, couldn't go into a nightclub because, you know, it just reminded me too much and too tough. And that's after some time, you know, where me, since alcohol wasn't my thing, I went into dance. I didn't go in there to drink. Yeah. Of course, I still had to pay the same cover charge. But, you know, so it's, you just find out what's for you and what works and don't put yourself in danger. That's what we typically do, put ourselves in danger and we, and we wonder, wow, how did I do this? Well, you know, Jim's got, got some information for you that will tell you exactly why you did this long before you ever wound up there. You know, good information. Ask him about it. It's, uh, it's just that I believe you deserve something better. That's it. That, 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 that's my message. You deserve something better. How are you going to get it? You're not going to get it just by staying in your room. You're not going to get it just by you know, reading a few books, you're going to get out, meet out and talk to some people, whether it, it's like virtually like here or it's in person. You're going to need to learn some new things because your disease is looking to keep you a secret to you. It can't let you know or ever believe that you deserve to be loved. You know, it can't ever, it can't allow that because if you love you and take care of you, it can't do anything. It can't harm you. So you have to just decide, you know, take, find what you need for you, but believe you deserve something different than the chaos, the pain and misery and the self-loathing that addiction offers and will manifest inside of you and onto you somehow, because it has to keep you removed from self-love and something greater than you that loves you unconditionally. Absolutely. That's my spiel. Just, um, Wish him lots of love. You know, in case no one told you today, Jim and I love you, man. That's why Absolutely. we're here. Absolutely. That's why we're here. Love we each can. and every one of you watching. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's about it as far as uh, what we were talking about. I think at the end of the day, for me at least, I guess this will be my closing statement, and Vince, you can make yours. For me, do what is best for you. Don't listen anybody else listen to your doctor but do what's best for you think about the benefits the pros the cons make a list if you have to. see the things that might make you more comfortable as far as what you're taking and why you're taking it obviously once again consulting a doctor is priceless but don't be completely against something and don't be totally for it do the research do some reading find out some information gain some knowledge as far as the way things work, see what people have done before you, see what people are planning to do as far as maybe there's future treatments that are coming out and becoming available, which is always type, new types of treatment coming out as far as cognitive behavioral therapy. There's always different subcategories of that. So that's what I would say as far as medication is don't be totally against it. Don't be totally for it. Do your research. Make sure you know what you're talking about you are the only one that can get inside of your head. And that's the only way to fix it is by knowing what's going on inside your head. So Vince, over to you. Like Jim just said, it's all about you. What do you believe you deserve? 
And I'm here to tell you, if you don't believe you deserve something good, that's addiction talking to you. That's the dark side. And it's a lie. You deserve to be free. You deserve to be happy. So with that, love, peace out, people. Awesome. So that's a great place to wrap it up. So for everybody watching and listening, if you like what you saw and heard, go below and give us a like. Also subscribe to see when we upload new videos. You can also check us out at www.addicts-anonymous.com. There you'll find plenty of resources as well as an improved literature tab where we have a ton of articles available. You can also check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, and TikTok. Also check out our Facebook group. There you'll find different information uh, available to you guys as well. So thanks for watching and listening and until next time. Peace.